Hey guys, what's up? This is Jefferson here again, ready to talk about anime and your favorite daily anime podcast. Again, this time for June 11th, 2012, and I'm still, I'm still trying to go out and see a Clockwork Orange in theater again because... Because the theater, I know, is his screening that, but I don't think I'm going to be able to see it because I don't really have friends out there. Oh, sorry, sorry. Got to Got to get the show started. As I'm sure some of you know, I've been watching this show called Gundam Age. Mostly because it's a Gundam show, but also because it's pretty cool. And, um, I don't know how much into details I want to go in specifically talking about Gundam Age, since what I want to talk about is the antagonist. Um, and I guess the premise of the show is that there's, there's an enemy... And naturally, this little kid has to go pilot them. And it revolves around this three-generation structure where we have three different generations and their own conflicts in this war between what is originally called the UE and is later called the Vegans. Or, I mean, Vegans, as I call them. And um, my argument is that while, while the Vegans or the UE, as they're called in the first season, are definitely, like, pretty lame enemies, and the mystery behind them is entirely unnecessary. I think that's what's happened in the third arc has made them really interesting. And um, I will be spoiling them, so for um, however many minutes this is, I'll be sure to post a timestamp, and I'll probably go in and edit it and just straight up say how long this uh, will go. Um, there will be spoiler laden, so there's that. But other than, th other than that, I think that maybe knowing what the vegans are will actually make them better. But I don't know. The show chose to make them a mystery, so if you want to go in free like everybody else and discover, oh my god, what a shitty mystery, then there's that. But yeah. But specifically within the last three episodes of A, starting with episode 37, um, we actually find out what the vegans are like, and um, we learn the vegans' motivations for fighting. Now, they tell us what it is, because they got to take back Earth, they hate the Earth, but um, we don't actually understand them. It is not until these episodes where we go to the vegan home colonies around Mars do we understand who they are, and do they become an actual good enemy? Um, as we see the third arc's protagonist, Keo, um, like essentially see Vagan, he is initially assumes that it's just a military base, but as, as I like to call him, Digimon, Digiman Man points out, it's, it's actually Vagan. It shows that, like this already shows that the Vagan as a people are defined for and living, I mean, sorry, are defined by and living for war. 
and the line between military and civilian is not exactly that hard to see because I mean their homeland is literally a military base and um, as we get to see the vegan more we see that everyone is on the verge of death and this this only reinforces this militaristic culture but this is this is very contrasted with what is like what it is like with life in the earth sphere where military presence is definitely felt and a lot of people are enlisting because of the war with the vegan but we get the sense that people like lived in peace and the narrator na naturally tells us yeah it was, it was peaceful until this happened and people were com comfortable before and they didn't have to worry about explosions and their colonies being destroyed and even during the war um, even though both have voluntary armies um, it seems as though the vegan people can't really imagine a life outside the military while people on earth can they can imagine when they get out of school if um, yeah if they, when they get out of school that they can just go to college but uh, a lot of them do choose the military life just to be around who they want to be around whereas in vegan it's like everyone's like everyone around you is dying um, so you kind of have to fight through the military for your survival um, yeah and of course like on that note of earth it seems like a lot of people on earth their motivation for fighting is more personal they're like Oh, my sister died. Yada yada yada. And while vegans do seem to have some of that motivation, because we do see some people on vegan being sad, they're not like saying, "I fight because so and so died." On for Earth people in the Earth sphere, things are a lot more personal. They can have and express these emotions. But people in vegan, the vegans, um, they don't have that they just seem to be they seem to have a lot of rage and um but and they seem to be as their leader says without human emotions they constantly say oh we and vague we living here in the mars sphere sphere have been robbed of our humanity because so many people have died from the mars rays we have been robbed of our ability to love others because we can't trust people and we're afraid to love others so they're trying to essentially fight earth and take it back in order to reclaim their humanity and um, like we see this sense of resentment like rooted in their very being of being a vegan and why does this make them a good enemy well for one thing we see societies that are very very different from each other and would clearly not um, coexist peacefully while there never really is any sort of cultural clash um, if they were to be side by side it would not be easy it would be a society societies that if not in a relationship of antagonism definitely a relationship of agonism they're two very different societies second 
it also sets the Vegans out to be desperate and powerful. Um, why this does that, like, what makes that good is that it allows them to have this level of honor. It's like, oh, they're going to go out and they're going to fight for their homeland and they're going to fight for whatever, and they have to. They don't. They aren't in a position of comfort wherein we can respect, where we hate them for going to war. We understand them. And finally, I think it just gives room to make them interesting and to give them interesting speeches. They've been robbed of their humanity. I mean, that's a pretty interesting motivation. And what Frito says, um, Frito is the protagonist from the first show, straight up says the vegan aren't human so on many levels yes they are literally being robbed of their humanity by people in the earth sphere and this only seems to support Izokan's claims um yeah there is a couple of interesting things to say it's like what does it mean to be robbed of their humanity and and what does it mean for them to have moved out into space and to have been abandoned in space um What's interesting to me is to think of them like when they left space, or when they left Earth and they cut and they were abandoned in space, they were literally cut off from not only their homeland but their home worlds. And by being essentially abandoned, they were also cut off from civil society. So in this sense, they lost their ancestral roots and they lost what it was like the civil society that they lost their place in that that defined what was human and what is not human while age doesn't go on to talk about oh what does civil society mean or what does society mean or how do we identify what is a human being and i don't think they ever would go beyond any statement like oh um biological humans but to exist as a human being means more than just having arms and legs. There are things um, like culture, and there are things like, um, well, mostly there are things like culture that help define who we are and define us, our status as human. And um, to be uprooted and to be um, robbed of your original culture while you do develop your own culture um it essentially robs a part of their humanity well i do believe the show will say hey look um these people are human and we can reach some sort of level of understanding with them and um they do sort of hint that yes intercultural relations with the vegans could be a very good way for them to um, could be very good for the vegans because Keo does manage to bring a little bit of happiness to some children in the Mars colony. Um, there, there really is uh, something at least lost in the translation. Um, while I won't go as far as to say is they're um, unhuman or anti-human, um, they definitely have been robbed of what it means to be human and the fact that they are the enemy that exists out of the sphere of humanity does make them in a sense anti-human now of course you can at least within the world of Gundam Age now of course they're gonna say hey we are human um, but 
within how the way politics operates and how the war operates, that's what they've become. Um, so in that sense, I kind of like what they've done. Now they man, they're gonna say some other things, and they're gonna either kind of talks about like some crazy eugenics program going on, which is pretty shitty. Um, not gonna lie, I didn't like that specific portion. And there are there are a lot, I believe, of genuine complaints that you can make. But overall, um, I'm really coming around to these antagonists. They're they're pretty cool, and um, their mobile suits might look like Digimon sometimes, and um, maybe they do. Um, maybe they are like copies of the enemies in Seed Seed Destiny, but I never watched those shows. So the sour taste that might be on my mind when I watch this show is gone. So I'm really lucky to have not seen Seed or Seed Destiny. But yeah, Gundam Age is. A pretty good show, and admittedly, I think it probably is inexcusable for them to have this stupid mystery. It's it's really dumb. They should have just started coming out with this outright. Um, well, maybe there is an excuse, and it was the way they utilized the three arc structure. But even if you didn't have like this level of understanding within the first arc, you should have at least they should have at least done some more with it in the second arc um while they they hint at it um i think this should have just been in the second arc but yeah anyways check it out gundam age um you, i'd suggest marathoning each arc uh my friend seems to have had more enjoyment out of that um it's a little rough at the very first episode but after that, it gets pretty cool. And there are some rough middle episodes, but overall, it's, it's pretty awesome. Alright, we have an email. Yes. Uh, this is email. Uh, email title is SUP. From Dustin from the Cybernauts cast, he asks, "I got a question. How come you ignored my comment on Hunger Games the other day on the last episode of the show? Probably because you knew I was that I was totally right in every way. No, wait, I knew what I did wrong. I didn't answer it in the form of a question. But my real way, well, I got, I gotta address this. I actually, um." recorded the episode and uploaded it and then was like well no not uploaded it but I already had the episode recorded when I saw that post so I was like yeah whatever I mean also yeah it wasn't in the form of a question so there wasn't really any reason for me to address it but yeah I'd already got the episode recorded it happens at various times of the day um and I just record segments throughout the day but yeah it was just too late by that point I'm not really gonna address it um, I know what trolling is, nigga. I mean, wigga. There we go, yeah. I know what it is. It's all good. Okay, but now, email goes on. But well, my real question is, if Batman had a Gundam, what Gundam would that be? Hmm. I don't think Batman would pilot a Gundam, mostly because, um, it's, it's too, it's too white. Um, 
And I mean, I guess like you got like a bunch of black Gundams and like G Gundam or whatnot. But I mean, he's the Dark Knight, man. He's got a. You wouldn't be piloting a Gundam. They're a little too noticeable and shit. Yeah, he he should like I don't know, pilot. Um, fuck a ban. No, you know what? No, I take that back. He'd probably pilot the Banshee. Yeah. Most because it has like incredible weapons and shit. He'd probably pilot the Banshee from Unicorn. But I mean also he's not exactly working for Anaheim Electronics or anything, so there's that. Um yeah, that's a stupid question. But fine. Anyways, that's all the viewer feedback we have for this episode. Uh feel free to contact us at dailyanimepodcast at gmail.com or post on the blog at dailyanimepodcast.wordpress.com I don't have my own domain yet because I'm lazy and I'm also poor well not really poor but you know I'm a college student and books don't buy themselves am I right guys am I right yeah so there is that yeah I'm also at twitter at don't offer candy if you guys want to talk to me there should probably stop talking about that on the podcast because I'm sure some of you guys will realize what that shit's all about. You know what would be really cool? If if someone would leave an iTunes review. I don't know if we're on iTunes yet. But when we get an iTunes, it would be nice to have an iTunes review. Um, by someone other than Jefferson Gaddafi. He he left a really cool review on our iTunes last... On my last show, or my other show, so... But yeah, iTunes reviews is how we get known. Maybe I'll even, like do that shit what that one girl does and just talk about my iTunes reviews or I think Destroy All Podcast DX does that and I know latest episode of Red Bar Radio they did that so maybe I'll start doing that shit that seems to be something people are doing these days but yeah that would be pretty cool anyways until next time bye Al final, al final, al final,
Hans Hansing Rossan, Tobakin, Fahim, Koga.